Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the VIP Ignite Podcast. I'm your host, Deneen White. Today I have a very special guest on the show, Gino Visconti. He is a comedian, and he is one of the most hilarious people I've ever had the pleasure of talking to. Gino, thank you so much for joining me today. (laughs) You read the intro exactly like I paid you to. One of the funniest people you ever had the pleasure of talking to. Oh, wait, am I on? Hey! Hey, how are you? Hi! So funny! You you left out comedy gold genius, but close enough. To, how are you today, Janine? <laughs> I'm fantastic. How are you today? I am splendid. It's Thursday here, and or we, are we doing this live or it's whatever? It's a it's a yeah. it's a lovely rainy day in May. We're when are we going to officially change the calendars like a month and a half forward so we all realize that it doesn't start spring till late May, and we're not shocked when it's 90 degrees in October. Why do we keep living this lie, Deneen? Why do we keep doing this? I don't know. Last night I was dodging tornadoes down here in Philly, so I, I have no idea what is going on with the weather right now. Oh, that's really, right. You're, now, are you from Philly? Yeah, I grew up in Philadelphia, and actually um, I saw that you hail from Vineland, New Jersey, and I used to work in Vineland. Well, n- now you're just name dropping to me. <laughs> quit bragging. Just, just quit bragging. I know. Really? <laughs> I know. I know. What Biden, did you do in Milan? You either worked for Wheaton Glass or you worked in the industrial park uh, in, a, in a in a vegetable packing plant. No, no. No, What'd actually, you do? I worked. I worked in a really small little health health food store right on Delphi Drive called Health Now. So I oh, was, there was a horrors health food store. Did they? Was that, or did they change it? It, it? it was like this super small place that kind of looked like, you know, like your typical produce stand in South Jersey, like it looked like nothing. That's, that's kind yeah. of the um, health food store I worked in, yeah. Yep. That yeah. is fantastic. It's awesome. so funny because uh, cause I'm watching, I have the Phillies on my TV as we speak playing the afternoon game. They're doing well against the Cards. Nice. Representing up to Good. one. <laughs> Good. That's awesome. So um, oh, yeah. I know you're a big football guy, so I have a question for you. Are you an Eagles fan, a Giants fan? Like, who's your, who do your loyalties lie with since you grew up in Jersey and then now you live in New York? Now, here's the thing that no, these kids today, they just don't get it, Deneen. But when I was a kid growing up, like in the late 70s, early 80s, you didn't have all this TV. So you would get – this is what you got when it came and, – and let me tell you. My old man was a farmer. He wasn't into sports, but you you got the most of all four sports. You got the most Phillies games, and you didn't even get a lot of them, you know. Mm-hmm. But I'm a huge Phillies fan, as, I, as you know, I just told you. Like, I, oh, yeah. ooh, home run. Phillies just gave up a home run. Uh, huge Phillies uh. fan, huge Sixers fan because they were good when I was a kid growing up, and, and they're fun to watch now. Yeah. Flyers, I could give, a, yep. give an F about hockey, but getting to the football thing, I like the Eagles because all my friends from home are Eagles fans, but I, growing up, became a, a San Diego, now Los Angeles, Chargers fan. It's absolutely ridiculous. What? No one can understand it, but it's not a hard explanation. It's what I said. When you were growing up, you, got, you were lucky to see six Eagles.
those games a year in the late 70s, early 80s because you didn't have the yeah. direct TV package. You would wake mm-hmm. up, you'd watch, you got two games. You got the NFC game on then Channel 10 CBS. They were one yep. o'clock Eagles, and half the t- and when mm-hmm. they weren't blacked out, regardless, you always got the four o'clock AFC late game on Channel Three, then NBC. And by the time we got done doing all our Guinea family stuff, Alter Boys, me and my brother at twelve o'clock mass, going to now I'll drop a name on you, Deneen, Rosenhain, New Jersey, to hang out with my dad's oh. farmer family. By the time we get home at four o'clock, you got the AFC late game, and ninety percent of the time. San Diego Chargers, Dan Fouts, Eric Coriel, powder blue uniforms, never had a chance, yeah. never stopped following them. So that's my football team. Hey. It's ridiculous. And and I may, if I may add, it's a goddamn nightmare, Deneen. But that's my team. <laughs> that's my team. <laughs> it it is, just, they're just, it's, it's like, God forbid, being a battered woman. They won't, they won't screw me again this year. <laughs> oh, we're going to be good. And then they just shit the bed every year. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's so true. I, I actually um one of our talent is a huge Chargers fan and like she was fully convinced they were gonna like kick my pets butt this year. I was like, Okay, just wait and then she was like she didn't talk to me yeah. for like two weeks after. And here's the thing, it was like you must hate the pets. Why would I hate excellence? Why would I te- love hate a team that's run so well? And I was the same way. I'm like, I think we can do it this year. I think we can beat the Pats. Yeah. And and what made it worse is if you follow football and you do, but if your fans do, the Chargers went out the week before, and they beat the mm-hmm. Ravens. And this young kid Lamar Jackson, who's everything you love about football, some young kid. Uh-huh. He, they draft him. He sits the bench. He waits his time. He plays great. But the thing is, he's he's this weird young kid. Not weird, but he's he's hard to understand, and no one can beat him. And then everyone says in the week leading up, they're like, the Chargers are the first team this year that will get to face Lamar Jackson twice in the same season. So they so they will be able to look at game tape from what he did a few weeks ago when he beat them, and if they have a good defensive coordinator, which they did in Gus Bradley, former. Uh, Seahawks defensive coordinator on the team where for some reason they threw a pass at the one-yard line. Uh, they will do their homework and they'll beat him. And I said that. I'm like, if, if Gus Bradley does what he's supposed to, he'll study game tape and beat him. And they did. They went out. Not only did they beat the Ravens, they did something they talked about the, the rest of the week. Like, Chargers were the first team all year to play in extra. They played like eight men in the, in the secondary, seven men. And so it's like, okay, so they know what they're doing. They made adjustments. Then, thank you for listening the past three hours, then they go out against your Patriots, and I'm like, they can beat them, and they just get bitch slapped like they always do by the Patriots. And your team is up 35-7 to on us at halftime, and, and, and the offense is like, ah, let's just see if it works the second half. It's not going to work the second half. And we got I believe we had to fill out a police report, and uh, I believe they're going to replay – the uh, the game next season on SVU because you raped us because there was police tape around the proverbial colon of the Chargers. But anyway, what were you saying to me? Back to you. Oh, I'm sorry. What? Now I think you and I need to watch a game this season. We oh, we do. Oh, we do. Season. Oh, we do. We need, one, we need to go to a Phillies game this year. That goes without saying. Yes. Two, we need to watch yeah. the football later. Yeah, I mean, and everything you're describing about the about the um, Chargers is kind of how I feel about the Phillies. Like, they lead you, like, right to the point where you're like, okay, this this year the team is going to be good, and then, bam, you get punched right in the face. You're like, okay, fine. They but, suck. But, that's, but isn't that – and that's, that's it. This is what, that's what, I, this is what I don't get. That pe- All 
Obama said this is what people don't get, but I'm gonna I'm gonna pay them a compliment. And I think you're on the same page as me. This is what I don't get. How about how people don't get this? Like sports, baseball. It's it's like a metaphor for life. And I know that but it is. Like you look at these guys. Yeah. Like say what you want about your Patriots and Tom Brady. But they are like he's just a team player. He took a pay cut. Like like you say what you want about this kid Baker Mayfield, everyone loves. He's trying. Say what you want about Odell Beckham Jr., but he is a cancer. He's a selfish diva, and you watch these guys, and you root for them. And when they when they do yeah. things that you love, you're so happy. And when they do things that you hate, you lose your mind. And most importantly, yeah. when you hate them and they do things to prove you wrong, you cannot wait to forgive them. That is sports. Yeah. That's a redemption story. Tiger Woods cheated on his wife. Tiger Woods got caught driving on meds. Tiger Woods just won the Masters. That's what sports Everyone's are. Crying. Everyone's yeah. crying. I was watching that game, driving back from a, a gig in Connecticut with the car, with with with, with the uh, app on my phone, on the little on little like you know latch, watching it. And you cannot tell me, look, that's sports. Uh, Roger Clemens cheated and lied about it and calls us stupid. Mm-hmm. Same guy, Andy Pettit cheated, admitted it. We forgave him. All we want, we're, we're, yeah. we're on your side. And, and getting back to what you're yeah. saying, sports are all, it's just all a metaphor for life. How do people not get yeah. that? You know what I mean? Like, th- th- that's why, you, yeah. and I'm sure lots of other stuff are metaphors for life, but, but sports are so glaringly obvious. You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah. say what yeah. you want, but we root for these guys. Yes, we get mad at you. But, you know, a, a, a great philosopher once said, the opposite of love isn't hate. It's indifference, trust me. You're in the yeah. entertainment biz, yep. Benin. I don't know why you're talking yes, to me. I am. But you're in the entertainment biz. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and and people are saying, like, why does that guy bother you? Because I like him. And when he says something that drives me nuts, I, I can't walk away from it. We meet hundreds of people every day that say dumb stuff. Oh, Gino, you're a great comedian. You're like Carrot Top. Thank you. Goodbye. I'll never see you again in my <laughs> life. But you know what I mean? But when, when people who yeah. like do things we hate, we can't walk around like, no, I'm committed to you for the rest of my life, so I can't have you talk like a jackass. That's yep. that's what sports are. That's why we watch yeah. these guys, and they can drive us nuts because we're vested in them. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's crazy. Like, no matter what, like, you're you're fully invested. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then people look up like, yeah, he's really... just a doofus head. Like, you have no passion. You you need to want yeah. to decapitate him or not even remember his name. There's no middle ground. Yeah, and that, that describes Philadelphia to an in, like, in a nutshell. Like, when the Eagles are doing well, like, the whole city is, like, celebrating. Like, the Liberty buildings are all green. Like, everything is green. Yeah. When they're bad, they're like, let's, let's just get rid of, like, there's almost like a mess, like, you have to, like, make sure the bridges are, like, protected, but people aren't jumping off. It's absolutely crazy. Yeah. It's such a blue collar, yeah. but that's what gets me. Like, the thing that gets me yeah. about Philly is, oh, nice, nice play, stupid. I'm not watching this guy run the bases <laughs> like a jackass. What gets me is, <laughs> but what gets me, and they're wearing their 1980s burgundy and powder blue. But what gets me is, like, and, you know, I do oh, a lot geez. of sports radio. And we, and Philly uh-huh. fans have reps as the worst fans in baseball. And excuse me, in all of pro sports. <laughs> and, 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 and I will say and, this: the problem isn't. I think one percent of every sports fan base is are just you know it's like anything else. They're assholes. They're jerks, right? But yeah. But one percent of yeah. assholes in Philly 
want the credit for it. They want that reputation. <laughs> and go out of the, like, I'll tell you a story. This is a true story. You can look it up after this later, people. Okay. Have, whether you know a lot about football or not, and you do, Deneen, you know what a Hail Mary mm-hmm. pass is, right? Yes, I do. Yep. Do you, yeah, now, watch you, this. You, and you not trying to wow you. you go do you know why it's called a Hail Mary pass? Why is it called a Hail not, Mary pass? Not trying to stump you. It leads into the story how Philly fans get a bad rap. It's called a Hail Mary pass because it's a legendary play when the Cowboys were losing to the Vikings in Minnesota before mm-hmm. they played in the Dome. I mean, when, when, when you were sperm and I was 17. <laughs> they were playing on some field in Minnesota. And Roger Saulback, they were like, we have no chance in this game. He's at his own 10. He just heaves a bomb, a Hail Mary pass, which it wasn't called then. He heaves the pass into the air. It's caught by Drew Pearson. Moments before, seconds before he catches it, Drew Pearson pushes the Vikings cornerback, like just flat out pushes him away, turns around and catches the ball, right? Now, that uh-huh. aside, the ref doesn't see it, and, and they catch the ball at the 10-yard line. It's an 80-yard pass. Now, I'll get to what happens in a minute later, but it became called a Hail Mary because they asked Saulback, they're like, what did you do on that play? He said, and this will make complete sense to everyone listening, he's like, I just threw the ball straight into the air towards Pearson and said a Hail Mary. That's why it's called That's a Hail Mary. Awesome. Fast forward to wow. why Philly's fans aren't assholes, but that 1% is proud of being it. You can Google this. <laughs> So they have the ball. The Cowboys have the ball at the 10-yard line. The Vikings fans in the end zone that saw it, again, outside stadium. Pretend it's your high school football stadium. So the end zone ends, and there's 10 yards between the end of the end zone and the stands, right? Let's assume Uh the guy that threw what I'm about to tell you was in the front row was so angry at the missed call, he threw a Jack Daniels bottle empty. The guy's not a fucking animal. He drank the alcohol. He threw An empty Jack Daniels bottle at the referee who missed the call. Hit him in the head, gave him a concussion. They carried him off the field, a bloody mess. Now, I would say that's slightly worse than throwing snowballs at Santa Claus. Am I correct? This is genuine assault. Now, watch this. Deneen, did you know this? Did you know this? No, because the Vikings fans were so ashamed they never talked about it. Phillies fans were calling in saying, I threw that bottle from Veterans Stadium. That's how nuts. Our fans are. So do you understand? We're not the worst fans in, 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 in all of sports. We're the proudest worst fans in all of sports. There are terrible fans in every city, but for some reason Philly's yeah. like, yeah, we threw up on a 10-year-old. Are you bragging about that? Wouldn't you be? No. No, yeah. I wouldn't be bragging about that. So that's, that's Philly in a nutshell. Was this a com- yeah. podcast about comedy? You could tell me. <laughs> Well, I, I, I think we're I think we're actually doing what we were supposed to be talking about. So I think that's the. I'm, but all kidding aside, I like I didn't see that clip. I'm not kidding, Deneen, Till about a year ago, if you Google Hail Mary, like I don't know, Google Hail Mary Vikings Jack Daniels bottle, it comes up. Like it's it's the last ten minutes of the game, and you're like. It's, and, and, again, this was, like, 1970. So you can imagine the camera work. You don't see the guy get hit. They're like, oh, it appears. It appears uh, something. And then they show the guy lying on the ground with blood. And then they show, like, the empty Jack Daniels bottle lying on the field. It's, it's unbelievable. It's, and, and everyone in Minnesota is like, let's never talk about that again. Philly would have a billboard. A billboard. I think. 
Yeah, um, uh, yeah. I mean, we're talking about a city that has to grease poles if they win. So yeah, it's ridiculous. Anyway, I mean, I don't even know what the question was, but my point is, Philly fans, <laughs> it's what you said. We're great, and there's a percentage of us that yeah. are idiots, but they're just—they're yeah. just really committed to being idiots. Really committed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the word is passionate. Yeah, yeah. Okay, retarded. But you have to say passionate <laughs> now, right? Okay, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, we we try to be politically correct here on the VIP Ignite podcast, so they're passionate. Well, of course, well, then they're passionate. The borderline mongoloid. I mean, passionate, Deneen. That's awesome. Okay, so I, I have to we we have to do we have to talk a little bit about um, you and your comedy career too. So, like, how does a guy from Vineland get into comedy? I think the way anyone else does like I think I had this conversation with a buddy of mine today who he's actually one of the producers we do a podcast uh you know on the on compound media called in hot water and mm-hmm. it's like the show is so much fun but you know like like when you know the industry or whatever you're in like our radio show is gr- our podcast tv whatever it is it's it's streaming it's it's it, there's a it's streaming on compound media so you can watch it live or listen but there's so much stuff mm-hmm. that goes into it. And I'm talking to my buddy who's the new guy that we just hired as, like, a producer. And I'm like, how did you get into this? And he's like, I just always wanted to do this. I'm like, be on radio? He's like, no, be a producer. And you just wind up doing what you're supposed to do. Like, I, I think I wound up doing comedy because I've just always been like this. I, I'm not any different mm-hmm. on stage. Look, you, you know our good friend Alicia. She'll tell you. Off stage, yeah. on stage, I'm the same way. Like, I really like people. I really, I wake up every day yeah. saying, oh, what are we doing? We're hanging out. This is great. So yeah. I, I never thought I could be, but whenever someone said you should do stand-up, I would always say, growing up in Vineland, growing up on a farm, going to, going to high school in South Jersey uh, at an all-boys preparatory school, going to college for business at the University of Delaware, graduating with honors in 1990. Are you waiting for another number? <laughs> no. 1990, I'm 107 today. Growing up like that, where people are still like, hey, you got a business degree. You can always fall back on that. Really? Can I fall back on a 1990s business degree, Deneen? Hey, uh, I was just looking over your place. I'm wondering where you keep the room with the giant computer in it. Wondering where you keep the punch cards so I can can use all my COBOL and Fortran training. No, that's that's not an option. Right? But – when I was going to go to college, I'll never forget, as my cat attacks me, she's so perfect, little six. When I was going to go to college. She's adorable. She's ridiculous. I don't know if, if people, if you want to follow me on Instagram, don't bother, but follow my name because it's all about my cat. Did you see the one yesterday? <laughs> like, okay, first of all, my cat, the can, she can do no wrong. My cat could be involved in a series of homicides, and I would be like, mm, that's got to be another cat that lives in my apartment. She... <laughs> Her newest thing is when I, I, I put on my jacket, she just dies in front of the door and lies in front of it. Like, yeah, I was just lying here in front of the door in case you were going to try and open it. Six, I have to leave. Nah, we just thought we'd all take a nap in front of the doorway. We're not doing that, Six. <laughs> so, so I, uh, where was I? So I go to school, university, all scary. that stuff. And when I wanted to go, I'm like, like I was always like, a, like joking around in high school. And I'm like, Mom, I... I think I want to go to school for communications. And my parents, you know, my parents, like any parents, are like, like, you're not going to school for communications. You're too smart. 
you know, you're too, you, you're like, I'm like, all right, I'll go to University of Delaware for business. And I'm like, and okay. then I'm like, and, you know, I'm like, well, I'll, I'll go for business, but I'll change majors as soon as I can. And I was drunk and just having fun the whole four years. I never got around to doing that. And, and, and I'll say this. Yeah, and I, and I graduated with honors. I wasn't smart. I was, a, I was good at being a student. And there's a huge difference mm-hmm. at being smart because when you're smart, you get all A's and you graduate. You're like, now I need to get my doctorate in this so I can do this. So I'm like, done. Now where can I drink? Like there's a difference <laughs> between being really smart and really good at going to school. So I got done. And when I got done the whole time, I was like, just joking around with my friends, and I just wound up working in a bank, but I was still in the bartending world and always screwing around with people. And then one time someone sets, uh, signs me up for an open mic in, in Delaware, and it was my, my girlfriend at the time. They'll never find her body. So she signs me up for an open mic. Oh, they're going to look, Deneen. I'm not. I'm a Sicilian. They're not, they're not going to find it. They're going to know how to dig a hole. We've done that bit. So I... You're, you're, do this you're open from, mic. You're from the pine pine barrens, so. The pine, exactly. Now you're giving away all You'll our never secrets. Find it. <laughs> so I, uh, <laughs> so I do the show. Everyone who's listening probably watch The Sopranos. Oh, that's you, you ready for this? If I can lose half the listeners, I never watched The Sopranos <laughs> all the way through till about two years ago. Like when I moved to New that's York in 2001, didn't have HBO. Watched here and there, but I'm like, let me sit and watch it. And I'm watching it in 2016, and it still holds up. Not not saying anything yeah. you don't know, but look, you watched it when it came out. It was great, so you love it. But I'm watching it straight through in 2016, and it still holds up. I can even one-up that. Yeah. Three, four years ago, I watched Jaws. Jaws, for the what? first time ever. Jaws. I'd never seen it before. You know. I watched it four years ago. <laughs> and, and I'm like, this is better than any of all the CGI combined. You know what I mean? Like, there's certain yeah. movies like, mm, it's that good. So anyway, back to me. Yeah. So I do the show in uh, Delaware, um, and of course I don't realize it then, and I get up in front of, I'd lived in Delaware at that point, say, Jesus, seven, eight years, and there's only two cities in mm-hmm. Delaware, Wilmington and Newark, and I have bartended yeah. in both. So I get on stage, yeah. and there's 200 people there to see me. I don't realize it then, but I get on stage, and I kill. I'm not funny. But everything I say, hey, what's up with the color orange? Yeah, Gino's a genius. So everything I say kills, and I think I'm hilarious. So I, I, I get on stage, you know, whatever, and about three weeks later I go to another show thinking I'm great. And I bring my girlfriend at the mm-hmm. time and like, th- and, like, six other friends, you know, three other couples. And I go up in front of people I don't know, and I eat my ass in the most major way as I should. And here's the thing. After I get done, I don't go, wow, that crowd sucked. I'm humiliated. I'm embarrassed. And, mm-hmm. and this is all in hindsight. Like, don't get me wrong, I was embarrassed then. But now in hindsight, I look back, I'm like, yeah. thank God that happened. Because if it was as easy as I thought it was after the first time I did it, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have kept doing it. Mm-hmm. I would have been like... Anyone can do this. This is just, you get on stage yeah. and you're funny. But once I had mm-hmm. my ass, it was like, it was like I wasn't embarrassed. Like, I'll never do that again. I'm like, you're better than that. You owe more than this to that. And I just kept yeah. working at it. And, and, and then, you know, awesome. the other thing I always say is, like, this is me in Wilmington, Delaware, you know, which is mm-hmm. 20 minutes outside of Philly, barely yeah. two hours from New York. And, it, and, and it's like I was doing it for three or four years. 
I'm like, I got to go up to New York, and I'll meet people here in New York now. And they'll be mm-hmm. like, wow, you know, like, you, you know, they're from Arizona or Montana, you know, or Alabama. And I'm like, I'm like, wow, it took so much, you know, balls to do what you did. They're like, well, you too. I'm like, me too. I, I threw everything I owned in the back of a VW Golf, drove an hour and a half north and slept on a couch till I found an apartment. That's, that's not that hard. You know what I mean? And it becomes, yeah. and whenever someone like, I literally had, you know, I had a, an Uber driver yesterday, I'd be like, yeah, I want to do comedy. How do you get into it? And they think you're just being a dick, but I always say the only way to do it is get on stage and see what happens. And, and that's yeah. the only way. It's like, well, what if I wanted to do a one mic or I got some material I want to bounce off you? Don't bounce anything off me. Get on stage, yeah. tell jokes, and see what you think. But that's what people love doing. Yeah. Oh, let, me, let me bounce this off you and say, oh, I, don't, I don't care. Well, I'm no, I will laugh at anything. I'm a five-year-old. I'm not going to be a good barometer. <laughs> hey, your mom's a whore. Yeah. You're a genius, sir. How did you think of that? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I had a buddy of mine. Uh, I used to live with him. Great comedian. He's actually working on a pro- His name's Minuin Hart. He's working on a project now with Roy Wood Jr. It's on uh, Comedy Central. And it's like, it's, like, it's based on Roy Wood's, like, half uh, his uh, Netflix thing where he's like black superheroes would never leave their neighborhood and he plays a character called the pigeon it's great but <laughs> back when he was like writing packets and stuff you know trying to get on, on uh-huh. like uh, writing for like the tonight show or something he's like hey what do you think yeah. of this package I read the whole thing brilliant joke after brilliant concept after brilliant thing and we're comics so it just be like I like that mm-hmm. that's good this is clever because of all and the last joke he wrote was Barnum and Bailey Circus is closing down and they have to return all the elephants. So tell your mama she's out of work next week. <laughs> yes, Denine, you're worse than me. And that's what I did. I laughed like a maniac at that joke. That's the only one I laughed at. And I looked at him like, you should probably disregard everything I said. Because that's the funniest thing in the world. And it's the dumbest joke that a third grader would lose his mind over. And he's like, no, no, I know what you mean. I'm like, I'm like, you get it? You're saying their mom's an elephant. I get it, Gino. I don't know if you realize how brilliant you are here, dude. It's that. Yeah. So, yeah, but I mean, but I think... I no, think I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go on, like, No, I think with comedy, there's a range. Like, there are, like, really... Sometimes, like, I like I I love comedy. One of my best friends um, from a couple of years ago actually, like, really introduced me to the comedy scene. So I think, like, there's a time for, like, the super the super comedy where, like, you it, like it's like you have to think about it. Like, and, like, you're, that's so funny. But you had to, like, you had to process it. But then I think a pattern interrupt would be like that, that last joke. Because, like, you're, like, thinking, thinking, and all of a sudden something is just, like, so stupidly funny that you can't yes! help but laugh. Right, but, and yeah. that's like, and people always say, and I'll answer your your question from three hours ago that you asked before I told nineteen stories about the Phillies and the Elmer. People have said this is what okay. they always say. They always say, "Were you funny growing up, or were you no? Were you were your parents funny?" And and this is what I always say, like growing up, you. Oh, that's a base hit. That's right, behind him, hit behind him, motherfucker. Shift all you want. <laughs> My parents would always say. Uh, people would always say, like, were your parents funny growing up? And I always say, your parents are just your parents. Like, God forbid, if you grow up and every day you wake up and your dad punches your mom in the face, God forbid, and you come to think yeah. that's normal. Uh, like, like mm-hmm. my act is edgy, but I will say this again yeah. with nothing but gratitude. A- as I look at the painting, if you saw that thing of my, my, poor, my, my two parents and my aunt and uncle, I grew up in a Norman Rockwell painting, Deneen. I did. 
My old man yeah. was a farmer. My mother was a teacher. Like, like, and I say in my act, if my old man ever came home and said to me and my brother, my old man farmed 14 hours a day. And you know what he did when he mm-hmm. got home? Whatever the fuck my mother told him to do. Because while he's working yeah. on the farm, she's running the house. And if my old man ever came home and said to me and my brother, you know what, boys, I've had it. Tonight I'm going to hit your mom. We would have laughed for 20 minutes because he can't be serious. He doesn't have a death wish. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, no. Yeah. But it, it's just like I grew up where, you know, my loving parents, my brother was great. We're still best friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, his kids mm-hmm. are great. Do you have nieces and nephews, Deneen? Do you? I do. I have a nephew. Have okay, well, I don't care. They're garbage. So my nieces and nephews. <laughs> what? I'm sorry. Did I interrupt you? I, we can but have, what we I'm can saying have is. Nephew walk, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what I mean. Like, you grow up in a good family. No, like, no, there's no, nothing no. you don't do for them. Yeah. So when I was yeah. growing up, whenever, like, me and my brother did something dumb, my mother didn't say, oh, you're so dumb. She was like, that's good. Do it again. She'd teach us to laugh at ourselves. We always learned yeah. to laugh at ourselves. That's all we ever did. We never yeah. took anything seriously. So, of course, when someone tells you your mother is out of work because they're returning all the elephants, well, of course <laughs> you're going to laugh because that's genius. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so, it, so, it, it, it that, is that, genius. That's, that, that's a part of how you wind up where you are. I think people want yeah. to, like, grow up with serious parents or driven parents, and that's great. You know, and I'm not saying mm-hmm. they don't become comedians. They become much more driven comedians. But I just grew up, and I'm like, look, it'll all work out. It's all going to work out. Yeah. We're just going to wake up, do whatever, and it's going to be great. And it is. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I'm, like, I'm like, okay, let's see. No, no, it's, it's so true. I think, I mean, if you, you're blessed to have grown up in a family like that. Like, my my family was, like, you don't laugh. At, like, if you ever laugh at my dad, he gets, like, he gets super, he takes it super personally. So, it's, like, that, that's really cool. And, I, I mean, I make fun of them all the time because, but, you know, that's family. <laughs> yeah, it's what awesome. we do. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, part of, it's part of what we do, like you said. So I, can I ask you one more question before we close up? I don't know. Let me cancel all my, all my 235 plans, whatever you need, Denise. Okay. What's up? <laughs> awesome. So um, I asked Michael, I was like, okay, what questions do you want me to ask him? And he wanted me to ask you about your relationship with Artie Lang. Artie Lang is Artie Lang. Artie Lang will make one more sports metaphor. As a Charger yes. fan, one time we hired, <laughs> hired Marty Schottenheimer as a head coach, and I knew it was a mistake because <laughs> Marty Schottenheimer is the greatest regular season coach in history. But in the postseason, and this is what I think about Artie, he can't get out of his own way. The Chargers were fourteen and two, and this is relating to Artie. Bear with me. Chargers were 14 and two a couple years ago, uh, many years ago now, and they and they they were they they should have won it all, and they played I can't remember who. Oh yeah, your effing Patriots, Deneen, and <laughs> they were winning the first half of the game, and then suddenly, Marty Schottenheimer, who has a guy named I can never remember his name, Ladainian fucking Tomlinson, one of the best running backs in football in the second half, like why don't we stop giving the ball to Ladainian Tomlinson, Tomlinson, because that's just what they think we won't do, and throw the ball, and you know what they did? You know they lost. Artie Lang is not only one of the greatest comedians in the business, he is one of the most, I would argue, I don't know everyone in the biz, shocker, 
He's the most loyal man I've ever met in the business. There's nothing he will not do for you. There is so much of my early career I owe to him that set me up for the success I have because once I got done, you know, once I moved on from him, I made my own breaks. But when he is on heroin, that is what he is loyal to. That's what he's loyal Mm. to. And he will step over his mother, sister, and, and, and uncle to get heroin and lie to get it. Now, I, I hope this is coming off in the compliment I mean it to beat it for him. You know what I mean? Because we have demons. Like, yeah. look, I like a beverage. I like two or three at nine in the morning. What are you, Mother Cabrini? You never touch this stuff. But he <laughs> harbors some kind of guilt about his father that whenever Artie is doing really well, he will self-destruct, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. That's what I okay. think about Artie. Whenever he's doing well... While everyone's telling him you're great and he's being great, a voice in his head will say, you don't deserve this, and he will just hit the fucking self-destruct button. That is what I think of Artie. That's what I think. Does that make sense? And and, and there's even a podcast, God. It's online somewhere. I've got to find the link where we – it's so – well, it's one of those cool stories. He was in San Fran, and he was was flying through L.A., and we both had a layover in L.A. Like for a night, he's mm-hmm. like, hey, come by, let's get a hotel, let's do the store, let's do a podcast. And it was literally, because, you know, I was telling him about my parents that he never knew both. I'm like, you hold everything over your head, and that's what he does. It's, he has mm-hmm. this guilt that, that no matter how many times you tell him it's not his fault, and it's not. And let me tell you, yeah. everything that's happening to Artie now is 110% his fault. He's an idiot. Yeah. I want to punch him in what's left of his nose. He does stuff. I don't know why he does it. But, yeah, by the way, if you need uh, A&A merch from our website, it's half off like Artie's nose. I don't care. I would say that to his face. <laughs> he, it's gold. It's gold. But he will not yeah. stop self-destructing, and he won't listen. And he's got this, I want to be like John Belushi and die of an overdose complex, I think. How's that for a long-winded answer? But that's what I think. And I'll tell you, if he were here right now, I'd be saying the same thing while I was cutting a line of heroin. But that's not important, Danine. I'm saying <laughs> if he were here, I would say that because he knows. I don't know. Yeah. But that's his thing. Greatest guy in the business. Yeah. Most loyal. But right now, can't fucking break that loyalty to heroin and self-destruction. Does that make any sense? Yeah, I mean, he sounds like a great guy. He just has a really big demon he that he has to, to exercise. So but he won't. And, and, and let me tell you, I've been getting a lot of shit about it because when all this is going on, and, you know, I did the podcast with him two years, known him forever, and it's like, oh, poor Artie, and I want to choke them all. But he said it perfectly. This is actually even better. Like, who are these idiots, Artie? Why are you listening to him? And he said it to me once. He's like, Gene, like, radio's not the same anymore. He's like, when he was on Stern, like, like you know, like 2000, like, whatever, 2005 or what, that's back when you listened to radio, and people would drive to work with him an hour or two yeah. hours a day. And they yeah. they spent every morning with him, so they feel like they know him. But these are the people yeah. that are tweeting to him. You know, when Artie said, oh, fight the good fight, Artie. And they're like, oh, no, that's enabling him. And when I'm the guy saying, and I, I've been saying this for the past three months, I'm like, he needs to go to jail. They think I'm being an asshole, and it does sound awful. But every time you give him a slap on the wrist and say, hey, Artie, 
this is your last warning, you know, for the 17th time, you're just yeah. saying, all right. He's like, I'll get away with it again. And he got arrested again two weeks ago. Because oh, they, they won't, he needs to go to jail. He needs to go to yeah. jail. Where, where They're like, well, it's easier to get drugs in jail. I don't know. It's pretty easy for him out of jail. Let's see what scaring him in jail yeah. does. I, I mean, yeah. I have no answers, but it's just you can't keep saying, hey, uh, this is your last warning. For seven fucking times, yeah. Deneen. Yeah, I, you know, when, when you have your shit together like me, Deneen, you can judge everyone. You know yeah. that. Hey. Exactly. Yeah, I, I, we're in the same place. We're we're on our high horses right now. It's awesome. <laughs> it's just a nightmare being so perfect in every way. I know, right? Not everyone can be as perfect as we are. So thank God, thank God we are who we are. <laughs> By the way, Phillies awesome. bottom eight, five two uh, men at the corners. Uh, this game, forget it. Uh, watch, watch me, watch me. Uh, will this? Ah, uh, forget it. They won this game yeah. days ago. People, see what I did? See what I did? These. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Awesome. Well, Gino, I just want to thank you so much for um, taking some time out of your afternoon to um, let us know how the Phillies are doing and um, be on the podcast. I really <laughs> appreciate it. <laughs> it's been awesome. And, um, yeah, so thank you so much for um, taking the time. Um, this was I definitely needed a good laugh, so thank you for um, just being who you are. And we definitely have to make the Phillies game happen this summer. Social media. Thanks, Parker, and you can see pictures of my cat six. I'm sorry, what I stepped on you, Denise. What? I said I said you can see pictures of my cat six on my Instagram, but I stepped on what you were saying. I'm sorry. Ah, oh, no, I was just saying the Citizens Bank Park is my favorite spot in Philadelphia, so we'll definitely have to hang out down there one for a game. Yeah, we have to go to the we have to go to the bank for a game. Yes, awesome. Well, uh, thank you so much for um, taking the time to be on the podcast. I really appreciate it, and we'll have to do this again. Without a doubt, Dee. Awesome. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Uh, I just want to thank everyone so much for listening to this episode of the VIP Ignite podcast. If you enjoyed my conversation with Gino, please make sure that you hit subscribe and iTunes, Stitcher, or anywhere podcasts can be found. And if you would like to learn more about becoming an actor, a model, or a musician, please visit our website at anmsociety.com where you can get registered for our next live webinar. Thank you so much and have a great day.